Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of Chappy Chats. I'm so glad to have another week to talk to you. Last week I brought up the concept of sin and what was sin and concluded with the fact that sin was really just rebellion against God. Now, one of those reasons that we rebel against God is man has always asked the question, is there anyone out there? Were we created? Did we just simply come into existence? Are there any standards or ethics that we should follow? Is the nature of man created from God and he has the nature that God said that he did? Or did man's nature just evolve over time as an interaction with his society, his culture, his ethnicity, and the times that he was living in? I don't know that we need to answer all of those questions, but I do want to pose something to you. Being a child that was born in 1954 and then grew up, especially his formative years, if you will, in the latter part of the 60s and graduating high school in the early 70s, I grew up in that time of freedom, peace, and love. And I also grew up in a time where we began to grab a hold of the concept of self-image and self-worth. And we had to struggle with that. We know all the struggles that people have. We know about young ladies that become bulimic or anorexic because they want to look a certain way. We know that we're obsessed in this age with putting ourselves out there everywhere because we have a term that came about, selfies. We take pictures and we post them and we say, look what fun we're having. Look where we are. Look how good my life is. And many, many times, life is not as good as that which is being portrayed. And you see, I think that's the real problem. As culture has evolved and tried to move away from the concept that there is a God, a creator, and that man has a certain nature which is bent towards doing the wrong thing, to a society where, no, it's that idea of God and the structure of society that has corrupted men to go in their own way. And if we could just find our own self and our own value and our own worth and then live out that image, everything would be okay. I'm not quite sure that is true. For a few years, say like from 1980 till early 1985, I served as a youth minister. And part of my job as a youth minister was to help young people begin to find themselves and define who they were, who they were becoming, and set standards and goals for themselves. Not simply imposing the way of the church onto them or any particular dogma, but to show how life was shaped by the boundaries that exist and let them choose. When they messed up, you'd pick them up, dust them off, and ask, what did you learn? And it was during this era that many conversations I had about self, image, self-worth. And out of that, God showed me something that I would like to share with you. In my adult years, I came to not despise, but at least not value very much the concepts of self-image and self-worth. Now, I know a lot of you are thinking, how are we going to feel good about ourselves? How, How are we going to not get depressed or have the happiness we need if we don't have the image that we need to feel worth. Well, what I came to understand and I would share with young people is simply this. When we're looking outside of ourselves to society for our worth, let's say in how you should look, 
for guys, a six-pack for girl, a nice curvy figure possibly, or whatever the world comes up with. I know at one time that Barbie was said to have had the perfect figure. Now, who figured that out, I don't know, but somebody made a doll, called her Barbie, had dimensions for her measurements, and they declared that was the perfect woman. That's kind of hard to live up to. Because as you go through life, your body changes, your activities change, you get old, all of these things. So how are we ever going to keep up with that and how are we ever going to feel good about ourselves if we have that image of this blonde doll that we're to look like? Or maybe He-Man could be the one or Superman or the guy with the six-pack and the bulging biceps and the quads and the hamstrings, the calf muscles and all that. And Boy, when I reach that, I will have arrived. Or for some people, it was the job. If I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, then I'm successful. If I'm the garbage collector, not so much so. You see, that's why I think there's a problem with valuing self on just an image and worth given to us by society. Now, that kind of sounds strange because, in a way, I would kind of be agreeing with we can't let society shape us into who we are. But where I differ from all the rest of the people is that I do not believe that society is shaping us. I believe our choices are and what we believe to be true. Whether we believe that we were created by a God that loves us, cares for us, sent his son to die for us, and he's pointing us in the right direction, and he loves us no matter what. And so I came up with the idea of Christ image and Christ worth because that never changes. You see, if you value a profession, a look, a neighborhood, a school district, you soon come to find that there's always a better place to live, a better job to have, a nicer car to drive, a better look to have. I remember my young people Jordash would come out and everybody wanted Jordash jeans because that's where it was. You had arrived if you got Jordash jeans. But guess what? When most of them had the 50 bucks to buy the Jordash, it wasn't in anymore. It was Calvin Klein and they were $55. And on and on it goes. Or if you lived in Spring, Texas or you lived in one of the other suburbs, all of a sudden that wasn't the burb to live in. Where I live in now, we talk about the schools. Jinx was good. Bixby was good. You wanted to be in the Owasso School District. Oh, you need to live in this area. The taxes are different here. All the good people. Look at those homes. They've arrived. They have 3,000 square foot homes. But none of that really made people feel any better. Sometimes they got a better education. Sometimes they got lesser taxes. But most of the time, they found that when they got where it was, they had arrived at where it was at. Because all of that can change. The style of clothes, the style of housing, the type of car that's in, the type of music that is in. But when you base your worth on an immutable fact that God said you're more valuable than the pearl of greatest price, and I died for you, that's how valuable you are. I left my throne and I came and I died for you. There's nowhere else you can get that you can find that kind of acceptance. Now, the thing is, you'll say, wait a minute, but I'm a sinner. The Bible says so. You talked about that last week. That's true. Although God loves you where you are, he doesn't leave you where you are. Think of Zacchaeus, climbed up a tree, called him down, he took him in, he talked to him, he changed. Think of Mary Magdalene, 
Most people believed to be a prostitute, a woman of ill repute, and yet she turned around. Think of Nicodemus and many, many more that you can think of. Their lives were turned around. They were loved for exactly who they were and where they were, but then Jesus took them to where he wanted them to be because they trusted him. They did not trust in themselves. I work in a jail, and I work with officers and inmates, and a lot of times the sad part is I hear over and over and over again, well, if I just get this job, or if I just get this training, or if I just had this, I would make it. And yet, they did the same thing over and over again. Now, we do realize that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. But yet, that's what they did. And that was because they believed that they had it all within themselves. So what I want you to think about this week is no more selfies, no more self-worth, no more self-image, But look to what God says about you. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. Think about that for a moment. Is that ever a description you've heard to get your value in? That you were fearfully and wonderfully made? But yet we'll look at a piece of art, whether it's a statue, some sculpture, some vase or vase, as you prefer, and we'll say how exquisite and how beautiful it was. Look at the detail. Well, look at the detail of being a human being and realize that there's nothing better than the human form. And that's why they used to have all the art and statuary portraying humanity, because it was the highest of all God's creation. The last thought I'll leave you with today is this. My friend often tells me that, Ken, I I understand what you're trying to say, but if we don't love ourselves first and look for ourselves, we can't love others. And after all, the Bible tells us that we are to love others as we love ourselves. Well, think about that verse. It says the second command is to love others as you love yourself. It really should say as you already love yourself. That's why God told us, because we love ourselves. Think of a baby. They don't give out love. They come to love and come to show us love, but at first all they want is their diaper changed and to be fed and to be held and have attention. It's all about them. But God challenges us to move past that. And besides that, Jesus repeatedly says that we have to deny ourselves. Deny ourselves. Not find ourselves. Deny ourselves. Because the only true way we will find ourselves is in finding Him. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful week this week covered by his blessing, his protection, and his favor. Until next time.